For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Your, your host, excuse me, my name is Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is at Chelsea Messenger. And today we are broadcasting live on Twitter. You can also ask us your questions, drop us some feedback with the hashtag Parlay Radio. Again, that hashtag is Parlay Radio. Drop us a line on Twitter. You can also check us out on Facebook and on YouTube. If you search picks and parlays, we're pretty easy to find on any social media platform. We also like your feedback on Facebook. There's usually a pretty good chat going during the show. So if you wanna send us a line or get involved with the show, sometimes we bring the questions on air. Uh, we'll put them on the screen on YouTube. So it's a good way uh, to be involved with the show that we have here every day on the weekdays. We've got a great show for you guys today. We're talking the NFL Hall of Fame game. That's right, you can finally bet on football uh, and not have to wait on a payout for months and months. You can get it this week if you win, if you listen to our experts. Uh, plus, we've got our daily baseball picks. Of course, that trade deadline just hit. How does that affect today's games? We'll talk about that in our baseball segment. And also, Premier League Soccer. We're talking the trade, the transfer deadline. It's called something a little different when it comes to soccer. And also, the Community Shield which is the winner of the Premier League, and the FA Cup. Good matchup there. Uh, NFL Hall of Fame game. Betting the preseason is a little different when it comes to um, the lines and how you take some of those bets. We talk about the main factors to consider when betting those preseason football games because I know you guys are chomping at the bit uh, to get to some betting on football. We always do, especially here at Picks and Parlays. Uh, plus, we dive into the Hall of Fame game specifically. It's the Broncos and Falcons uh, matching up on Thursday. Okay, tomorrow, it's right around the corner. Uh, some of the things to look for in that game, uh, most of the starters, of course, not playing, but we talk about some of the backups, who has the most depth, and what team you should bet on. We've got all of that coming up after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Stay tuned. We've got plenty of good stuff to get to on Picks and Parlays. And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, as always, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter every day. My handle is just my name, Chelsea Messenger. We're also streaming live on Twitter today. If you want to follow us that way, you are welcome to. And if you want to drop us a line, if you use the hashtag Parlay Radio, I want to make sure and get that right. Yeah, Parlay Radio is the hashtag. Uh, we'll try to get to some of your questions, your comments. We'll like them. We'll respond to them maybe on the show. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, you name it. We know you're on social media. So give us a visit. 
right now, let's get to some Premier League soccer. We've got Nick Gieber with us of Fifth Street Soccer on Sirius XM. Nick, let's talk this Community Shield matchup. I know it's two. Uh, it's the pr Premier League winner versus the winner of the FA Cup. What are some of the storylines, some things to bet on? Uh, what are things you're thinking when it comes to this matchup? So, well, it is, it is that time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year as we get ready <laughs> for the greatest show on earth, the English Premier League, to kick off, which actually happens on the weekend of the 8th. But this is the traditional season opener. This is the FA Community Shield. stands for the Football Association Community Shield. It's a game with a lot of tradition played since 1908. Uh, it's the winner of the league against the winner of the FA Cup. And if the winner of the league should also be the winner of the FA Cup, then it is the winner of the league against the runners-up in the league. And that's what we have today as Manchester City, who are the league champions, also won the FA Cup. So the match is Manchester City against Liverpool Football Club. Uh, it's played at Wembley. It's a huge curtain raiser to the season. It's supposed to be sort of a uh, serious friendly, put it that way. But right. The, but it's really not. It's real silverware. It counts for something. Uh, and it is uh, the curtain raiser on the season, which we're all very excited about. Uh, Manchester City were the champions uh, last season, I want to say, with 90, was it 98 points? Liverpool runners up with 97 points last season. Uh, very little between the two teams. Although in the off season, Manchester City have made quite a few moves, whereas Liverpool really have made very few. And they both come off pre-seasons. Manchester City were in Asia for their preseason, so I'm not really sure what those matches meant. Liverpool spent some time here in the States, but they played some pretty good opposition. They had a pretty dire preseason, Liverpool, but their big three front players and their goalkeeper were all off on international duty, so they've only just rejoined the team. So Yeah, so really bottom tell. line, it's, yeah. it's really good teams, really good talent, and it's a great way to open the season, as you mentioned. It's a friendly, but I'm sure these guys probably don't see it th this way. They probably want to get some momentum uh, and look pretty good heading into the season. And I know you're a Liverpool fan. Yeah. How does that affect your picks and your betting? Are you well, too emotional about oh, it, or, yeah. or is there some logic involved? You know what, Chelsea? <laughs> you have to bet with your head and not with your heart. It's always very, very hard when a team that you love and have followed since being a boy are involved in, uh, in matches. However, I'm going to bet Liverpool on this one. They are the underdog at 3-1, to one, and that's why I'm going to bet Liverpool. Look, this Liverpool team's fully capable of beating Manchester City. They split the games with them last season, uh, so I have no doubt they could beat Man City. But Man City are 1-1. One one. There's very little value in betting Man City right now uh, for this match. There's too much downside because it's not like they're playing a slouch team that they're for sure going to beat. Right. So uh, I think the values with Liverpool, I want to say the draw was 5-1. to one. I'm not sure we're going to get a regulation draw because uh, so yeah I'm going to bet Liverpool three to one for this Chelsea. So this is not a regular season game and like I was talking about in the intro uh, maybe there's some other things to consider when you're betting this game kind of like preseason football uh, American football uh, what are some things that you look at uh, that may be a little different than betting normal soccer games? Well right so the main difference in this game Chelsea is that there's six substitutions aside as opposed to three as in a regular league game so mm -hmm. Uh, the sides will be able to rotate more players through. That will likely benefit the team which is deeper, the, the, the team that has more depth, which in this case will certainly be Manchester City. Not that Liverpool don't have depth, but they don't quite have the depth that Manchester City have. So that would be a benefit advantage City for that one. Um, so those are the things you need to look for. Now, 
city, as I said, were in Asia. They came back. I, I don't know if there's going to be any travel fatigue. And, and quite honestly, the quality of opposition that they played uh, while they were in Asia wasn't real high. Mm -hmm. uh, Liverpool tested themselves against the likes of uh, Napoli and Lyon and uh, I forget who else they played, but, but some other teams, teams. That, you know, other European teams that were, that were you know, of good caliber and good quality. In fact, they lost 3-0 uh, to, uh, to Napoli in a, in a very surprising match there, but uh, they were without a lot of their players. So, you know, I think Liverpool have had the tougher preseason. Man City have had some traveling, to more traveling than Liverpool have. Uh, there's also um, Leroy Sané, one of the big players on Manchester City. There's uh, rumors that he's moving to the Bundesliga, so he might be a little unsettled. You just never know. But they're so deep, I don't see that being a problem. Yeah, uh, sometimes the, the most fun I have talking to you are your stories that you tell about some of these soccer players. Uh, are there any interesting storylines when it comes to maybe rivalries or players that have gotten in trouble lately, because as we saw, there was a huge fight in baseball last night that was very entertaining. Uh, any fun anecdotes about either side of these teams, uh, any of the players? Well, there are a number of them. I'm not quite sure they're, uh, they're NSFW, <laughs> uh, many of them. But actually, interestingly enough, uh, uh, Raheem Sterling, who is a terrific uh, young player, plays for Manchester City, came up through the Liverpool system, and uh, there was a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of, shall we say, stress between Raheem and the Liverpool fans. So that will be interesting. He generally gets booed every time he touches the ball. Oh. That might be a little storyline. Uh, he's also been subject to some unfortunate racist abuse, which is, uh, to be fair, a, a, a god-awful part of right. the game of global football. And um, uh, there were some, I want to say they were Chelsea supporters who were banned for life by the club for uh, being found guilty of making uh, some racist chants towards Raheem Sterling. I don't know what's wrong with people, Chelsea. Sometimes right. people uh, just people take need it their too heads far. examined. I it's, mean, yeah, know. it's sports at the end of the day. I mean, why do these people deserve that t type of criticism? Number one, they don't, and nobody in any job does. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there might be some fire there. Could be. Uh, is this like a, a rivalry, or is there oh, yeah. bad blood between these two? No, there's no bad, bad blood for sure, but this is a heated rivalry. These are, these are the two teams... Uh, that are fighting for contention to be the Premier League champion this year. Again, one point separated them last year. And Chelsea, just to give you an idea, Liverpool lost one match all year last year. One match out of 38 games in the Premier League. That was to Manchester City, and they lost the Premier League by one point. So, yeah, there's some stress, there's some tension. It's definitely a big rivalry. What Manchester City really want, though, isn't to three-peat in, in the Premier League this year, although, of course, they would love to do that. Mm -hmm. It's to win the Champions League. That right. has eluded them, and, of course, that's what Liverpool won last year. So there are a lot of storylines going on here. Yeah, so you're taking Liverpool, which, uh, according to the odds, is the underdog. Um, yeah. You mentioned some of the, the, the facts on them, uh, how they've been playing tougher competition. You said they didn't add quite as many people at the transfer deadline. Or um, I know that's a no. They added they added a 18 year old massive Dutch centre back named Vanderberg who's gonna who's just a, a one for the future. We'll probably see him on and off during the season. He'll partner with the other rather large Dutch centre back Virgil Van Dijk. The, Liverpool's manager Jurgen Klopp obviously has a thing for massive Dutch centre. <laughs> but bottom line, what I was getting at is bottom line. Why would you take Liverpool? in this one in a quick little package because they can beat man city on any given day and the value is there at three to one really that's it if the um there's no value in manchester city at one to one 
Uh, I would take Liverpool 3-1. to one. I think they can beat City. Uh, we'll see if they're going to do it. It's going to be a great match, and uh, everybody should uh, definitely tune in and watch it and then get ready for the 8th of August when the biggest <laughs> show on earth kicks off. All right, so you made it pretty appealing. Uh, real quick, let's talk the transfer deadline, which it has not passed, correct? No, actually, the transfer <laughs> deadline um, is, has been changed the last couple of years. It, it is up in England the day the Premier League starts. So August the 8th is the last day of the Premier League transfer window. Mm -hmm. Now, Premier League teams can still sell players uh, to teams in Europe or right. uh, around the world, uh, but they can't buy anymore after the 8th of, Euro uh, after the 8th of August. So, you know, there are some massive transfers still out there. Man United have been pretty busy in the transfer market. I guess all eyes are on Juventus. Are they going to swap Romelu Lukaku for uh, uh, Dybala at Juventus? That's really the big transfer we're waiting to see. All right, quickly, we're taking Liverpool in the FA Cup. Three to one odds. Community Shield. Community Shield. We're back after the break with more picks and parlays. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name. It's Chelsea Messenger. You can also follow us along on Twitter. We are streaming live on the show today. And also, if you use the hashtag Parlay Radio, we'll get to some of those comments and questions later in today's show, or we'll answer them on Twitter. So give us some feedback, what you like, what you don't like the picks that you agree with or disagree with. Uh, right now, let's get to some NFL talk. We've got Craig Trapp and Tony T joining us to talk some football. Finally, finally, football is almost here. Uh, Craig, first off, we've got a nice little promo to kick off football season on picksandparlays.net. Tell us a little bit about it. Last day of July means Christmas in July is almost over. But it's not too late to get in on it now. Get in on the Christmas in July special. Rest of 2019, one capper, $5.99. So go to their handicapping page or two cappers for $6.99. You go underneath the premium picks drop down, click on the two for one expert builder. But uh, get in those best uh, time of the year uh, as far as savings is the last day of that is uh, July 31st. Yeah, that's today. <laughs> All right. Finally, let's talk some football. Let's talk the NFL Hall of Fame game. It's the Broncos and the Falcons in Canton, Ohio, for our first game of the year that we can actually bet on and get some money, get a payout, and we don't have to wait months to get it. <laughs> Tony T, what are your first thoughts on this big matchup to start the year? That's right. We're looking here at the Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons uh, to uh, kick off the Hall of Fame game here. We show the line here with Denver favorite three, total of 34 in this one. I'm going to lean, I'm going to take your Atlanta Falcons plus three. I know there's a lot of trends here. Uh, you know, when you look at preseason trends, how teams perform in the preseason, Denver, I think, outperformed Atlanta the past several seasons. But I think this is a little different. This game is on its island because it's a Hall of Fame game. We call it week zero. It comes up really fast. And uh, I'm really going to lean toward the experienced coaching staff and Dan Quinn and the Falcons against a first year head coach in this league. At 60 years old, that Vic Fangio is going to lead the Broncos. He's also going to call the plays on defense, so he's going to have a full plate here. But I, I do believe that, uh, first and foremost in this game, is the coaching experience. And also, I think, uh, looking at this Atlanta Falcon team, of course, you've got, uh, uh, you know, another starters are going to play. So you're looking at Matt Shaw, who has starting, starting experience 
with in, in a backup position here with, with Atlanta, but he started in the league before. And behind Sean, well, second-year player, Kurt Benkert out of Virginia, who spent training camp last year with Atlanta, played in all four preseason games last year. And, you know, Benkert's expected to grow in his second preseason here with the team and had a really good week one against the Jets, uh, 9 of 17, 125 yards. And uh, I, I'm, I'm leaning on Atlanta here uh, for that reason. Yeah, and you talked about preseason odds, and sometimes uh, that makes a difference. Uh, hopefully, if you're taking the Falcons, this Hall of Fame game is a little different because in the past, uh, I mean, the Falcons were 0-4 in the preseason last season and 4-12 and in preseason games under Dan Quinn. So I'm not sure how much emphasis Dan Quinn puts on the, the, on the preseason. But like you said, maybe there's a little difference when it comes to the Hall of Fame game and all eyes being on your team to start the season. Craig, thoughts on this game as you see it? Well, the good point is on uh, taking the points here the last two years. People say, you know, if you're under three, sometimes the, the points won't matter. This line, you know, anywhere from two and a half to three, depending on where you get it at. But, you know, last year, uh, the Bears, game, Bears, Ravens, 16, 17. The year before, Cardinals, Cowboys, 18 to 20. Of course, both of those fall into that uh, under three range. So, uh, taking the points not always a bad or not always a, a terrible idea when it comes to these preseason games. You see some really really weird points because you know if it's going to be you're going to go in for a tie late if you kick the extra point, teams will go for two because no one wants to see uh, a tie and go into uh, you know overtime and get guys injured. Uh, this game Hall of Fame game is a little different than any of the other preseason games. It's like you know that's your fifth preseason game. Right. You've been in training camp for just a you know a week and a half basically and you just don't want to get anybody injured and that's why you see so many guys not playing tonight and I think um, you're going to see a lot of backups early 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 especially for the Falcons because the Falcons are expected to have a much better season than the Broncos so to me that's always something you want to worry about is what's the motivation for the teams right and I think the Falcons are just get out of this game without any injuries to any of our first or second team guys most of the first teamers like we said won't play but even the second team guys a lot of those guys have are called into duty for special teams and in uh, special situations, uh, nickel, dime packages, and stuff like that. So I think that this one, I'm going to go total in this one uh, just to stay away from having to worry about something weird happening with, this, of course, which quarterback plays um, and how much they play. So I've seen a big trend. Four of the last five Hall of Fame games have gone under. I like the under here, uh, under 34 for this year's game. Yeah, just another stat to go along with that. Uh, the game totals have been somewhat low scoring, uh, over 40 only once since 2010. Uh, so that's something to consider. Uh, and also, I mean, the Broncos, they have a new head coach. So he might be hoping to impress some people, even though he's a defensive guy. So the, the emphasis might not be on offense. And I guess uh, just looking at some of the other factors when you just think about preseason games. I know we said the Hall of Fame game's a little different. Uh, Tony, what are some of the factors you consider uh, when you're betting on these games that are not regular season games? Maybe who's not playing, how seriously these teams take the preseason. What's something you look at? Yeah, something I really look for, Chelsea, thank you, is uh, quarterback rotations. And uh, when you look at the, the league here, uh, we look at the rotation. Some of the stronger teams, I believe, are with, with, with really good quarterbacks in the backup spot are the Houston uh, Houston team, Texans with Deshaun Watson, A.J. McCarron, Joe Webb. There's some NFL experience there. The Seattle Seahawks is a team here that has had very good success in the preseason under Pete Carroll. Russell Wilson, Paxton Lynch, and Geno Smith there at the quarterback position. 
And of course, uh, th those are a couple of teams here that I look, look for as well as Washington Redskins, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, a couple those three teams are on my radar this preseason. Yeah, Craig, uh, same question. What's something that you really consider when you're looking at these preseason games and things you really take into consideration uh, when you're betting the preseason? Well, I, I love when there's quarterback competitions either for the first string, second string, um, even third string if there's, you know, because when you have that, you know those mm -hmm. guys are going to get more opportunities with good players. So right. if there's, a, you know, two starters that are aiming for the starters, you're going to see the um, offensive linemen, the first, off, first string offensive line, staying a little longer so they can see both quarterbacks with that offensive lineman. And I think that helps um, teams that have those competitions. And I really look for that. Also, the other thing would obviously be coaching. The teams that are uh, coaches that are very competitive, mm -hmm. like Pete Carroll, that <laughs> just love to win. They just don't like to lose at anything. If you ever watch Hard Knocks or any of the behind the stuff with Pete Carroll, everything they do in practice is always competition-based. Right. And I think that's why he's been so good in preseason. So that's why I kind of stay away from new coaches because I don't really know that. Um, so I go to the more familiar coaches that have been there, done that before. And that's kind of how I start my preseason before um, you know, for first week one and two. All right, uh, Tony, other things to look for, because sometimes you can tell a little bit about the team in general uh, by some of these preseason games. Obviously, the starters aren't starting, but I know for the Falcons, a lot of people are looking to their O-line to see if they can improve. Uh, what's something that you're looking at um, in this game maybe to um, for your future bets? What I'm looking for here is the uh, Atlanta Falcons running back uh, situation here. It's been, it, they've got to really run the ball a little more. You know, they suffered injuries last year, uh, Devontae Freeman. Of course, there's going to be competition in this, in this running back uh, 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 core here. Eno Smith, capable backup. But someone to look for here is Quadre Olsen, a uh, rookie out of Pittsburgh who had a really good season last year. Actually, he started in his freshman year. Remember, Connor, uh, James Connor had an injury in that year, in 2016, I believe, and uh, Olsen was called in to start and put up some really good numbers. Four years starting with the Pittsburgh uh, Panthers, very strong physical running back, can break tackles and can break big big games. He had a 97-yard touchdown run last year in college. Yeah, uh, Craig, for you, I know the Broncos. Joe Flacco is their quarterback, who is not a spring chicken by any means. There's also a chance that he could get hurt during the season. And if you're betting on the future uh, of the Broncos, you've got to look at some of their backups. They're starting Kevin Hogan tomorrow night, but they also have Drew Locke, who a lot of people really liked uh, in Missouri. Um, what are some of the things you're looking at when it comes to those quarterbacks or maybe something else that you're considering uh, when placing future bets on the Broncos? Well, I, I'm a little shocked that Drew Locke hasn't taken over the second spot just because Kevin Hogan wasn't great last year um, at Washington in, in limited duty, but even in the preseason, I didn't think he was mm -hmm. great. And I think Drew Locke, obviously, he's going to be the, the heir apparent there or at least that's why they drafted him there. But I actually like the depth that the Broncos do have. I mean, I think Kevin Hogan as a third guy is not bad, but I'm not sure he'll even make it the team. If Drew Locke ends up being the for-sure backup going into the regular season, I think Brett Rippon has a lot of potential here. I think he might end up being the third quarterback um, or on the practice squad or even maybe get picked up by another team. I like, I'm very interested to see. I loved, I made a lot of money betting him at Boise over his four years, and he put up record numbers at, at Boise. When you do that with, with the success they've had, that speaks of how good he was. I'm interested to see how he does tonight. I'm guessing Hogan will, will see probably the first quarter, maybe half of the second, and then Drew Locke 
half the rest of that second, the third quarter, and then we should see Brett Ripon in the whole fourth quarter, see how he does. I think uh, it could be a big upside for the Broncos at uh, as far as depth at quarterback. Yeah, it should be interesting to watch for sure, especially for some of those second and third string guys because those guys are playing for jobs. Uh, maybe not necessarily at the team they're at, but they could get a better job somewhere, somewhere else, maybe down the line, and this is kind of their spotlight. Uh, real quick, both of you, final thoughts on this game. Uh, recap what you're taking and uh, just takeaways for this game. Tony T, let's start with you. Yeah, taking here at Atlanta, we're taking here the underdog Atlanta Falcons plus three, just coaching experience here. Hall of Fame game come up really quick. You got two rookies uh, in the second half here for the Broncos. Uh, it's again in the Hall of Fame game. They're not going to be, I don't know if they're going to be fully ready to, to, to lead their team. And one thing to look for, competition at wide receiver here for the Falcons. A lot of second year players trying to make, trying to make a case for a roster spot. All right, for you, Craig, what are you looking at? I know we were looking at the total for you. Under 34 here. Three of the last four Hall of Fame games gone under this number. Very low-scoring games. I think teams are just going to be running it at the end of this game, trying to avoid injuries. Take the under. All right, those are our picks for the NFL Hall of Fame game. After the break, baseball on Picks and Parlays. And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And also, feel free to join in on Twitter. We're broadcasting live. If you want to drop in your comments, use the hashtag ParlayRadio, and we'll get to those uh, maybe later, later in the show or just on Twitter. We like your feedback. Uh, also on Facebook and YouTube. Let's get to some baseball. The trade deadline has been extremely exciting for all baseball fans. I know Zach Greinke just went to the Astros. Joe Duffy, our first game, is the Astros and the Indians. Uh, first thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, my son uh, keeps texting me every time there's a big trade. Tough to, I'm going to have to take a look at all of them and analyze them. But Houston and Cleveland, uh, Houston's going with Jose Orquidy. He'll hit the bump tonight, only 19 innings pitch. The team has won three of his four starts. His on-base percentage against a pretty decent 288. Uh, his pitch a little bit better on the road, 279 road ERA, although then again, the more advanced analytics would suggest maybe he hasn't pitched better on the road. He's got a 310 on-base percentage against and a 1.34 uh, whip. Now, Zach Plesak for Cleveland, very nice uh, 3.10 ERA. 288 on base percentage against, but he's really red hot, Chelsea. 1.12 ERA over his last three starts, including a .94 whip. And his splits, quite pronounced, uh, night and day is literally the difference between night and day. At night, he's got a 1.23 ERA and a .95 whip. Uh, Houston's been very productive as a favorite over the past couple years, 95 and 43 as favorites since last August the 21st for plus 21.14 units. Of course, they're playing well, 19 and seven overall run. Cleveland though has been playing well, 33 and 14 overall plus 13.4 units. They've been good on the run line, 27 and 20, a 14.8 ROI. Uh, Houston's been an under team going under 47, 34 and five at home since July 14th of uh, last year. But all in all, I, do, I don't think that Orkiti he doesn't have enough of a track ready. He hasn't been pitching quite as many uh, innings. Plesak, like I said, his 
his um, splits are kind of wild, and the splits might suggest that tonight's a good situation for him, but I really don't like it when I see these, these crazy splits. That tells me that he's kind of a box of chocolates. So all in all, I do think there will be a, a lot of runs uh, scored in this game, and I do like the game to go over. Yeah, even though when you compare somebody to a box of chocolates, that sounds pretty delicious <laughs> in my point of view. Uh, but I see what you're saying. Uh, Plezak, uh, he's gone seven innings in five of his 11 starts, so that's a positive. He can eat some innings for them. Uh, and this Astros starter, um, he has a lot of potential. Both of these guys are 24 years old, so, I mean, plenty of potential for both of them. Uh, but the Astros starter... Uh, his last two have been very good. Uh, six innings with an earned run and seven innings with an earned run in his last two. Uh, he hasn't pitched that many innings, but, I mean, those first two were a little rough, but one of those was his big league debut, so you've got to take that into consideration. Uh, another thing with the trade deadline, uh, Yasiel Puig, now on the Indians, yeah. and that's an offense that probably needed a little more production. How does that affect uh, the Indians moving forward? I'm not sure if he'll play tonight because I know he was in a fight last night, so yes. we'll see. But. Yeah, and I don't know if, his, if he's going to be suspended, most likely. He sh I mean, he certainly should be suspended, um, but, you know, of course he can appeal that. Look, I, I, you know, Puig, he's another one of these guys where his production doesn't totally match his talent, but he's still a, a guy that, you know, has a lot of talent, and I always believe when you've got an underachieving guy, there's going to be that honeymoon period. So I just think the change of scenery – could uh, help him, and yeah, that's that's a pretty big addition. And and like I said, you, there's always that big upside uh, with Puig for sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to be suspended for a few games. Yeah, and that's uh, as we mentioned, the Indians' offense has needed some production. They're towards the bottom half in hits, home run, and home runs and batting average. Uh, whereas the Astros, I mean, they're good all around. Their yeah. offense fifth in hits and home runs and third in batting average. And they just added Zach Grinke, which, man, the rich just get richer. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Puig has not been the most productive uh, for the Reds, but he adds some fire, and maybe that's something you want in your clubhouse, uh, even though he might be suspended for a few games. Speaking of, Amir Garrett, I can't believe he – it looked like he landed a punch. Uh, if you haven't been following in the Reds game last night, there was a huge brawl. Amir Garrett, who is actually a Las Vegas native, landed a punch. It was crazy. What were your thoughts on the fight, real quick? Yeah, and I heard the announcers. I was saying the same thing as I was watching. I wasn't watching it live, but I had never seen a pitcher charge a dugout. And I know the announcers were saying the same thing. It did look like he landed the punch, but when they showed it in slow motion, apparently he did not. But, yeah, that that that's crazy. He's certainly going to get quite the suspension, but... Yeah, all the years I've been watching baseball, I've been on this earth a long time watching a lot of baseball. I couldn't remember a pitcher ever running over to the other team's dugout and say, you know, bring it on. I know, because normally the knock on baseball fights is that it's just a, pu a bunch of pushing and shoving and nobody actually lands a punch or goes for the jugular. But man, Amir Garrett came out swinging. Uh, it was fun to watch, but he's definitely going to be suspended. Circling back to this Astros and Indians game, uh, what are you taking in this game one more time? Uh, I am going to go with the over. The over in the Astros-Indians yes. game. All right, moving on to the Twins and the Marlins. It's one of the best teams in baseball, the Twins, with a three-game lead. 
in the AL Central and the Miami Marlins, who are not leading their division. They're towards the bottom of all of baseball. Initial thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, it's a pretty good ballpark. It's one of those ballparks I've been to, but the team is is pretty atrocious. Yeah, with Jose Barrios for Minnesota, he's had a very good year. 9-5, 2.94 ERA. He's got some really strange numbers. Uh, 2.55 ERA over his last three, though his on-base percentage is terrible. 3.29 on-base percentage, 1.36 whip, uh, 3.62 road ERA compared to 2.10 at home, but... When you take a closer look at, I think, the, the more telling numbers, 285 on base percentage on the road um, is actually better than he's been at home. Nearly identical whip as far as uh, home road and uh, nearly identical when it comes to home, uh, when it comes, I'm sorry, day and night. Now, as far as uh, Alcantara, 4-9, 4.18 ERA and a horrible 342 on base percentage against. He's been atrocious. 6.35 ERA over his last three starts, uh, 3.75 on base percentage against, 1.71 WHIP. Uh, some team trends, you know, the Twins have gone under at an 11 and 4, 11 4 and 1 rate on the road. Marlins have gone under uh, 60, uh, 51, 35 and 5 as an underdog. And Chelsea, one of the reasons, and I think this is why I've had some success, been in this industry for three decades that the advanced analytics and the systems I use, it makes you overcome biases. We as gamblers, we're always gonna have biases I hate. I mean, I despise laying the big number, but my computer tells me uh, big favorites since, nine, or, I'm sorry, since 2015 have been very good plays, including a situation that applies tonight that's plus a staggering 280 units and a 6.3 ROI. I despise, I don't like laying the number, but I got to, Minnesota. So you're taking the Twins straight up in this one over the Marlins? Yeah, yeah I'm going to be laying the 187 uh, in this one. And like I said, I hate to do it, but big <laughs> favorites have been very profitable since 2015. And that doesn't make me happy, but I got to be guided by the facts. Well, I mean, the Marlins, I mean, their record reflects they're not a great team, but they do have some momentum. So you've got to consider that. They won three of four three of four uh, versus Arizona and two of three versus the White Sox. I mean, they did get swept by the Dodgers in the series before, but you know what? I mean, they've won some games, so you've got to consider that as well. Uh, other things to consider, the Twins are a bomb squad this year. Home runs has been their bread and butter. They have 11 players uh, with at least 10 home runs, which ties a franchise record, and they're on pace for 316 home runs this season. The MLB record is 267, so it's well above that. And that was the Yankees last year. So they're going to score runs. Uh, whether they do it tonight against Alcantara is the question. Uh, and also you've got to consider their bullpen, which the Marlins are cellar dwellers for a reason. Um, but, yeah, I guess you're taking the Twins just straight up against the, the Marlins to recap. Yes, that, that is correct. And like you said, yeah, I mean, all the offensive numbers are up this year, but yeah, we got a great offensive team against an abysmal pitcher, and that usually uh, means trouble. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call him, like, abysmal. He's got a 4-1-8. Yeah, I mean, um, he's, he's, yeah, a 4-1-8 is not all that bad, but the on-base, yeah, the on-base percentage, though, when you compare it, the, the on-base percentage, that tells me that, he hasn't pitched quite as well as a 418 uh, would indicate. That, that, that's a really high on-base percentage against. 
And, you know, he's really been getting lit up lately. 1.71 whip over his last three starts. Uh, that's, that's a below average pitcher. And like I said, I think that overall ERA is quite deceptive when you look at some of the other numbers. I know people like to look at the ground ball, uh, fly ball ratio and whatnot, but I still think kind of the, the, the whip and the on-base percentage against, and then you compare that to the ERA, and it can re- I really think the ERA is the most deceptive of the three stats. And it has to do with, I don't even like the way Major League Baseball defines an unearned run, but that's for another, another time. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a whole other can of worms. Real quick, let's get to our last game, the New York Mets and the Chicago White Sox. It's Jacob deGrom, the ace of the Mets. I guess you could say Syndergaard could be their ace as well, but deGrom's good as well. Even though he's only 6-7, and seven, he has a, a 286, 286 ERA, uh, so those wins not really been too kind to him. Uh, going against Lucas Giolito of the White Sox, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, DeGrom hasn't gotten very much run support. The Mets are 7-14 and 14 in its starts, which is uncanny with a guy for a 286 uh, ERA. In fact, they're 4-13 and 13 in his night starts, Chelsea. That's, that's terrible. Now, his uh, last three, the guy's been uh, incredible. A uh, .47 ERA, 270, though, on base percentage again. So maybe the ERA is slightly deceptive, but a 1.05 whip. He didn't give up any unearned runs, so that, that ERA is fairly legitimate as, as far as, you know, like I said, I don't like the, the way baseball defines unearned runs, but it's pretty legitimate there. Uh, he's pitched better on the road, 2.51 road ERA on base percentage and whip about the same. Giolito, Sox, just the opposite. He's not as good of a pitcher, but the Sox are 13-7 and seven in his starts, uh, 3.52 ERA, 1.12 whip, uh, 2.84 on base percentage against, but... Twice in his last four starts, he's been give, he's given up at least six runs, and uh, so that you know that they clearly clearly the Mets have the pitching advantage here. But I do think the Mets are going to get uh, a few runs here, and I do have a nice system play that basically it's complicated, but it compares in a same series to what the total was the previous day and some previous day's stats. Really good advanced analytics statistic that says for this game to go over. So I'm not going to argue with the computer, the White Sox and the Mets to go over. All right, so in the Mets, White Sox, we're taking the over. In the Twins, Marlins, we are taking the Twins, even though they are a huge favorite. And in the Astros, Indians, we're taking the over. All of those correct? Yes. Yes, that is correct, Shelson. We'll hopefully have a 3-0 and sweep for you. All right, we're back after the break with more picks and parlays. Stay tuned, we're recapping all of our picks from the day. And we're back on the final segment of Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find us here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. If you want to follow the show, it's every weekday. We're here talking your picks or our picks and what we think you should pick. Uh, If you have not been paying attention the whole show, or if you're just tuning in, we got you covered. We're about to recap all of our picks from today's show. Let's start with the NFL Hall of Fame game. Just kidding, we're starting with soccer. It's the FA Community Shield. Uh, Nick Gieber thinks Liverpool is gonna win it, even though they are the underdogs. Let's move on to the NFL Hall of Fame game that I could not wait to talk about. The Broncos and the Falcons. Uh, Tony says play the Falcons at plus three. 
And then Craig is a big points guy. He said take the under 34, and traditionally that's been the case. It's been a lot of low-scoring games. Uh, only over 40 once since 2010, so something to consider. Moving right along to our baseball picks with Joe Duffy. Houston and Cleveland were taking the over in that one of that matchup of two top contenders. Minnesota and Miami, one of those teams is a contender, one not so much, and that's why we are taking Minnesota on the money line because Miami, well, they're just not very good. And even though the value is not there, we think Minnesota is going to take this one. And the Mets and the White Sox were taking the over in that matchup. Coming up tomorrow, we've got plenty of great stuff to talk to, talk about. Uh, we're talking the trade deadline, how it affects the futures for baseball betting. So stay tuned for that. And plus, a little bit more on the NFL Hall of Fame game. As always, thanks for watching Picks and Parlays. We're back tomorrow at 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.